of Six Feet Under Retrospective. I'm your funeral director, Robin, and I'm joined by my Six Feet Undertakers, Moira, Des, and Illyrio. Hello, everybody, and welcome to FisherCast. This episode is called The Silence, and already I forgot everything about it. But we'll continue on. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Yeah, baby. I, I, <laughs> yeah, baby. I, t- I tip my hat to the percentage of the audience that understood that joke. Um, but, uh, yeah, so we want to get this going quick. So why don't we get right into the Darwin Awards, unless you guys have something to say this week. Well, well what's all these Sharpie marks on my forearm? <laughs> Must be nothing. Now, you, now you're tipping your hat, and <laughs> I'm not looking at the ceiling. Uh, okay, so God, they never look up. Darwin Awards. Um, yeah, a big thing about uh, today's episode is the fact that uh, uh, it opens up with a person dying at a performance. So I didn't actually find a Darwin Award about that, but I did some research, and boy... People are just dying all the time, but it, uh, it's it's during performances, and I, I just wanted to kind of uh, uh, reflect on a few of them that died during performances, like um, Albert Brooks's dad, who uh, died during a Friars Club roast um, of Lucy, Lucy and Desi, <laughs> and uh, when he died, he apparently collapsed onto Milton Berle, which is horrible. <laughs> Of course, there's the uh, Twilight Zone, the movie, terrible accident on set. Uh, um, Vic Morrow and two um, Vietnamese children uh, killed by this collapsing helicopter special effect that uh, uh, apparently it was just done terribly because the pyrotechnics they set up messed it up and made it collapse. And <sighs> um, How about uh, Red Fox, who... Uh, <laughs> On the set of his sitcom, uh, The Royal Family, actually died of a heart attack. <gasps> really? After all the Elizabeth, I'm coming for you. <laughs> yes, Sorry. exactly. Oh, my God. Uh, Brandon Lee, of course, and Owen Hart is uh, some of the more recent ones that we've heard of dying during a performance. So um, John Ritter uh, collapsed on the set of Eight Simple Rules for Dating My Teenage Daughter. And then there's Dimebag Daryl who was shot while performing. And then Steve Irwin, who, well, he was dealing with nature. So, you know, it happens. But uh, I just wanted to uh, dedicate this uh, Darwin Awards sex segment to uh, Brad Couples. It's, uh, <laughs> we're looking out for your best interest, sir, and uh, we're hoping for the best. <laughs> uh, let's take a break real quick and uh, hear from our friends at uh, What's On With Stefan Dez. Who? Woohoo! Yeah! Yeah, baby. <laughs> What's on with Stephanders? <laughs> Not enough time to follow your favorite shows? Too busy to figure out what's worth watching? Well, let these ladies do the watching for you. My name is Steph. And my name is Dev. If it's on, they watch it. Saturday Night Live. Being Human. Lost Girl. Dexter. Eureka. The Walking Dead. Grey's Anatomy. Parks and Rec. Survivor. Modern Family. Merlin. Friday Night Live. They'll parse the good. But, but I loved it. it was, I enjoyed it. It was great. I was like, whoa. You know? <clears throat> I was not expecting that at all. So I, I, I like that. The bad. I just was not interested in any of this. 
so long and not good, and it was like, oh, come on. And the downright awful. I groaned. I was like, oh, I can't stand her face. That was terrible. That was absolutely terrible. So tune in weekly to What's On with Steph and Des for all your television needs. Available on iTunes or directly at whatsonwithstephandes.blogspot.com. Hey, we're back. And uh, we're getting into open casket viewing. Moira, it's all yours. Okay. All right. We are in season five, episode number seven, The Silence. And by the way, this is probably one of the more poorly written <laughs> summaries that I've read. Ready? <laughs> <Okay>. David and <laughs> Keith struggle to create parent-child boundaries. Some ambiguous news for Brenda and Nate confirms their views on life and death. Ruth fills her schedule with activities but has trouble unwinding. When, when Claire meets an interesting guy at work, she makes more of an effort to fit in. Maggie, yeah, Maggie and Nate enjoy some silence and George drops a bomb on Ruth. Boom. Written by Bruce Eric Kaplan and directed by Joshua Marston. <laughs> Excellent. Yes, our old friend Bruce Eric Clapton. This is his uh, last uh, uh, episode that he wrote. So um, just a kind of a look back at what he's written. Some great episodes like The Foot, The New Person. He did a lot of the the, the episodes, the, the Invisible Woman. And uh, uh, don't, don't forget Tears in Heaven and Layla. And Lola. And <laughs> Layla. Lola. 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 Lola tonight. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Yes, of course. Uh, That joke never gets old. His name is actually Bruce Eric Kaplan, but those who have been listening to us for a long time. I hear you, Robin. That's okay. Larry, I think you should actually get the guitar out and just strum a few chords. (laughs) Got a caster here. (laughs) Ooh, lovely. Yes, uh, I have I have my Glee pick from Comic Con 2009. Yes. Perfect. Yes. Does it play awful? Um... Ah! Oh, that's. I'm not, not angry. angry. <laughs> I'm not angry. <laughs> that joke was going to come later, but my Sentinel fell. Yes, that's what I call it. <laughs> oh Aww. shit! <laughs> I'm so sorry. I was going to just try to do a little bit of, you know. Improv? Editing is a wonderful thing. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm, I'm ready anytime we need music on the podcast. So go for go. it. Okay. Uh, well, uh, he, Bruce Eric Kaplan actually uh, now executive produces uh, Girls, the show on HBO. Oh, I thought you meant the Beastie Boys song. <laughs> Well, if you want to play some girls, girls, girls right now, you can do that. That's Molly Crew. He's girls. But it's also directed by Josh Marston, who uh, this is the first time he's actually directed somebody else's script. He's a huge fan of the show, first-time director, and uh, his big claim to fame is he wrote and directed Maria Full of Grace. I don't know oh, if anybody's seen that. that. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I like that movie, that actually. Was a, that was a good movie, but it kind of makes me sick to think about. Uh, yeah, yeah, but... <laughs> That's not all she was full of. No, it's a little gritty, mm. but um, it's good. I, I think I saw that one. Hmm. So, um, <laughs> I think we're good, Illyrio. That's going to be more distracting okay. than Thank helpful. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. 
<laughs> All right, so we start off the episode. The cold open is uh, Peter Burns and his wife Madeline uh, kind of bickering about going to this play. Why do people invite anybody to anything? I agree. <laughs> it must have been a shitty play if you're dying to oh. get out of there. There's one Quaker who's done sowing his oats. <laughs> hey. Uh, yes, he dies in the audience. And this is actually uh, something that's happened to Bruce Eric Kaplan. Yes, we have another comment- commentary track. You're welcome. Um, so uh, when they were doing um, auditions, three or four of the actresses that uh, were auditioning for, for the part of Madeline Burns said that this happened to them <laughs> as well. So, And uh, the strangest thing about this, this whole thing is that uh, the guy who plays Peter Burns actually died just a few months later of... I, I think it was. They said it was a heart attack. Lovely. Wow. Wow. <sighs> so yes, the silence. Um, they pointed out in commentary that phones and other noises interrupt the silences of this episode. And this show is about. This episode is all about uh, not being able to deal with inner silence, and also about um, silences between people. So. Also, the silence will fall. The silence will fall. Mm-hmm. Besides the awesome joke that will probably continue, but that that is what they meant by it. The whole yeah. <laughs> so uh, Nate's dream here is uh, seems like it's from the Mothman prophecies. It reminded me of that. Um, nobody's seen that movie. Okay, so I have. Yeah, I have. I have. <laughs> okay. Um, it's a lot of crazy phone calls and that, but yeah, Nate Nate wakes up, house empty, phone ringing, some crazy. Staticky talking on the phone, he can't hear. He was just listening to Foo Fighters through the phone. That's all. <laughs> where is my wife and where is my daughter? And he hangs up and he wakes up to a real phone and it's Maggie, who is still in her car. And it's like his dream knew that someone wanted to take him away from Brenda and Ugly Baby. Beautiful baby. Oh, and I rolled my eyes. <laughs> I did that a lot this episode, actually. Uh, um, I'm convinced Maggie lives in her car. (laughs) (laughs) Or, when she calls Nate, she's actually outside his house. (gasps) You don't actually see where she is, yeah. You know, my father and my daughter with the crazy, huh? Um, Keith is missing his sports section. Uh, He's also upset that David's not noticing that he's trying real hard to be a good dad. And, and da- David turned into a passive-aggressive stay-at-home mom. <laughs> um, mm. There's some laughing from the other room. Look at those giggles of these little kids. Oh, they're so cute. No, they're gay watching. porn always <laughs> makes me laugh, Robin. Oh, <laughs> I love the gay porn. <laughs> so uh, David ex- explains what a locked box is all about. And Under some Ralph Lauren sheets, my friend. <laughs> yes. And uh, privacy rules. Mm-hmm. Um, meanwhile, yeah, baby. Kirsten. Yeah, baby. Marianne and Johnny are planning an old Doc Hannigan's stop <clears throat> after work. Oh, my God. This is going to kill Claire's soul. It's ki- killing my soul just imagining working at this place. <laughs> If she doesn't quit that job, she's going to die. Yes, I agree. <laughs> or it's worse, terrible. Get together with a lawyer. More on that later. Ugh. 
Um, I didn't call attention to this last week. I forgot to, but uh, who in that office is wearing a, ter- a terrible wig? <laughs> uh, I didn't really pay attention. I don't know. Oh, Kirsten. Kirsten, played by Abby Bramel, who actually I'm not has, sure which one's Kirsten. She's the one with the terrible wig. She actually has <laughs> uh, long, flowing blonde hair, but they wanted her to have this uh, kind of bob. Is she the one who thinks she's dating a lawyer? Yes. Yes, that one, okay. Yes. <laughs> it's so perfectly formed, every, every scene. Um, it's because it's a wig. Um, her name could be Kristen Wig. Or Kirsten Wig. <laughs> I declare oh, that to my. be her name for the rest of the show. Good. <laughs> Kirsten Wig. Awesome. So, uh, Ruth has got to get to reading Bright Lights Big City, huh? <laughs> She's very, very happy oh, to be alone. That did, I, I thought the uh, knitting circle scene seemed a bit weird in so much as her friends didn't really seem all that supportive. No. It was strange the way they're the ones who are urging her to leave George, and then they're all sort of saying, "Oh, well, you know, I guess some people need to take care of people, and others don't, and to each his own." And like suddenly, they're so I don't know, neutral on the whole thing. It was odd. Maybe they're those kind of people that thrive on screwing people's life up with bad advice. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, and then like when they were talking about the party and everything, they just seemed like. Nobody was like saying anything. Like it's like, oh, you invited Ruth. <laughs> well, I had that reaction. You invited Ruth. <laughs> really, the oldest person alive. More on that later. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I perhaps they're addicted to the drama, and now that Ruth has escaped her drama zone, um, they're not appreciating. Oh, her I don't latest. think she escaped the drama zone just yet, my friend. <laughs> no, I don't think she ever will. <laughs> Um, Brenda is happily shopping for maternity clothes when oh. she's interrupted by a phone. Okay, stop. Hmm. Who here, when saw her face, yes. thought that Billy killed himself? Oh, no, I thought it was the baby, something wrong with the baby, because she already had the miscarriage. Why not Why fuck this one up? Call her, tell her that there was a problem. The doctor! Duh. But... Uh. She can't be happy. She can't be happy. It was like, oh, please let it be Billy dead. Please let it be Billy dead. <laughs> And it wasn't. Um, And just uh, in case you guys are wondering, Rachel Griffiths is actually four to six weeks ahead in her pregnancy than Brenda is supposed to be. So, uh, and listen for for the stage of pregnancy she's supposed to be, she looks much huger than she should. (laughs) I did notice she looks pretty big, but I wasn't sure how far along she was supposed to be. I don't know if they said that I didn't catch it. Well, you do the the tests they're talking about. Back at that time, you would do around 16 weeks, and you get the results usually around 17 weeks. So, oh, you know, God, she's, she's not huge. supposed to. I know. It's, it's really dumb. <laughs> so what tests were they doing? I mean, they, just to... They were doing a maternal serum screen test, which is a ah. screen test for, uh, for Down syndrome, trisomy 18, and spina bifida. Yes, voluntary, and that's all, that's all standard, right? Um, yeah, it was pretty standard even then. It's pretty pretty darn standard now. It's a little bit more advanced now because they combine it with an ultrasound now and give you more information. But, um, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So it, is it, is, are the statistics correct, though? Because she's like 5%? Um, more or less. If, okay, if you have the test... Let me start again. For the test to be sensitive enough to actually pick up the abnormal kids... 
it's all based on medians and averages. Mm -hmm. And so in order to do that, it ends up um, calling a whole group of people potentially abnormal who in the end will turn out to be fine. So if you have a positive meaning and abnormal test come back, 97% of the time there's nothing wrong with your kid. But it's so hard to, to detect these things that that's, you know, that's as good as we can get it right now. Okay. So, yeah, basically the facts are correct. So those are pretty good odds for her. Yeah, I mean, the odds are everything is fine, but they're correct in that in order to, well, just to clarify, for spina bifida, you don't have an amniocentesis to figure out whether or not your child has spina bifida. You have a high-level ultrasound for that. So that's a separate issue. Mm. But presumably her test came back with a query down syndrome question or maybe um, trisomy 18, which is three number 18 chromosomes. Anyway, in either of those cases, you have to have an amniocentesis to figure it out. And that does carry with it a one in 200 chance of miscarriage in good hands. And there's nothing else. There's no other tests that they can do that are less risky than amniocentesis. Um, not definitively. There, there is a test you can do earlier called chorionic villus sampling, but it actually has a slightly higher risk of causing a problem. It's either miscarriage or infection. Either one of those things can happen. So ba yeah, basically, it's about a half of 1% chance that something will go wrong. So what about redoing like the um, maternal serum, whichever no, test you were telling me? No, that doesn't help? No, no it's just a blood test. It's not like a pregnancy test where you can take it <laughs> over and over again? <laughs> she gives you is a ratio so say it would say all right you have a uh, a one in four thousand chance that your child has downs in which case you sure as heck wouldn't worry about it because one in four thousand are pretty good odds right it's pretty low yeah. risk but they're going to start offering you amnio when you're around uh i think it's around one in 300 or one in 350 and then it depends on your age too that then that factors into it as well so if you're an older woman then they will offer you testing earlier and they'll offer you chorionic villus sampling earlier like at eight weeks rather than waiting for an amnio later so it's a little bit well, more complicated but anyway brenda's, brenda's got to be close to 40 because nate just turned 40 yeah so her her risk of these things goes up right with age yeah, yeah. Okay. your down syndrome goes up yeah mm -hmm. that's true yeah. okay well you know so she really shouldn't panic the other thing is no she shouldn't panic and the other thing i would say is that when we offer this testing, from our point of view, it's not about if the kid's abnormal, we're going to abort it. it. It's honestly more about if there's an abnormality, then it would change how you would proceed in the delivery room. So, for instance, if you knew it was a Downs child, you would then be screening for heart defects because they're associated with Downs. And you'd have a pediatrician in that delivery room. You wouldn't oh. just have the obstetrician doing it, et cetera, et cetera. So, and sure, yes, you might choose to abort. That, that happens. But... That isn't the only – it's not a black and white thing. Right. And, and I was thinking that was more – it also was to help the parents, you know, prepare for that kind of thing, research. Right. I'm pretty sure if I was in that situation, I would want to know – like Brenda was saying, she didn't, you know, want to do the test. She didn't want to find out or anything. But I would want to know because, you know, there's a lot to educate yourself on. There's a lot to prepare yourself for um, in a situation like that. Yeah, but looked, she she looked okay. She looked way pregnant. Um, <laughs> she, I mean, she looked end of second trimester pregnant. So to me, that seemed like quite far along to you know, yeah, abort the pregnancy. I, when when Nate brought that up in the later scene, I was just like, really? 
I mean, they're trying their best with Rachel Griffin's pregnancy, but it's she looks yeah. so much more pregnant than yeah, she's, a, she's about like I don't know, twenty eight weeks pregnant, <laughs> not eighteen. You know, it's crazy. Yeah. And and actually, just from my, I don't want. I guess we're kind of belaboring this, but from my experience, um, the vast majority of people when they have an abnormal test do pursue it. I've had a few people not. And that's fine. That is absolutely their choice. But if they get a test coming back reading possibly trisomy 18, because trisomy 18 is not nice. Basically, you carry the child to term and it usually dies within a week. So in my experience, nobody who's had a positive trisomy 18 test continues a pregnancy. I've never even heard of that one. Is it very rare? Well, it's not uber rare because I've had one in my practice and my partner's had one in hers. And that's out of, say, you know, 2,400 patients. Well, I mean, current number of patients. So it's uncommon, but I wouldn't call it rare. Hmm. Yeah. Never heard of it. Well, it's definitely a horrible situation for our folks to be put in. Um, I agree. 97 times out of 100 people, the baby's fine. So. You just, you know, when you go to, go to those uh, uh, appointments, you just want to hear happy, healthy, you're going to be oh. fine, everything's fine. And and yeah. I, I have to say, um, I, I, I'm, I'm not sure if you agree or not, Moira, but um, I thought the doctor, this situation for once, the doc, the medical field came out all right. <laughs> <laughs> um, she was okay. Really? She was, I, I, I didn't Ooh, find her insensitive at all. Of fictional doctor's bedside manners, are we? <laughs> We've had some doozies. What she did was she didn't ask Nate and Brenda whether or not they wanted an an amnio. She presumed. And I didn't like that. Mm -hmm. She she needs to get some cash, yo. (laughs) Yeah, that's the American system. (laughs) Okay, well, um, uh, Rico is home for lunch. I just need to say one thing. (sighs) Yes, Rico, I can relax myself. Yes. Yes. I'm I like, oh, I hope, I hope, I hope this little story goes down this path. And it did. Uh, you know, and I want to say something about Vanessa. Okay. Remember how Vanessa was all like, oh, I, I need a nanny. Oh, I can't do this on my own. Oh, I'm a big fat lazy cow. Oh my god. <laughs> Every time we see her, she's sitting around reading a magazine, or you know, I mean. Oh, <laughs> Face, right, Des? Yes. We only yes. see her on lunch break, though. Come on. Hey, no, there were three times this episode. Was she secretly pregnant or something at the time? And that's why they can only shoot her from the waist <laughs> up or something. I don't think I didn't hear anything like that. Well, she was she was sitting on the couch at one scene, where sitting on the couch reading a magazine, and he called lunch her break. out on it and said that you know. She thought said she had all the stuff to do, and she's like, oh, "It's the first time I had to sit down and relax." And I'm like, "Yeah, sure." But like, la- even last episode, you know, she was just hanging around on the couch with her sister and not really doing a whole lot. She doesn't do a whole lot. Well, I mean, I'm not complaining, but we only see her uh, a couple of minutes out of each of her days. So, <laughs> and I'm not yeah, complaining that we need to see on her. her ass. But... I, at least this one, it was like lunch break, lunch break, and, you know, later time with Rico. But uh, yeah, yeah, we got to talk about that later. I can't <laughs> wait to talk about that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, I need to talk about that right away. You have to wait. You have to yeah, wait. Right, wait. Show this some is, you guys, you guys wanted me to go linear. Uh, okay. <laughs> yes. So Ruth, Ruth tells Claire to stop feeling better than everyone else. Maybe she should go out with her workmates. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, Claire is said, t- talks about how she's not being inspired artistically anymore. And Ruth tells her to hurry up and change for dinner. <laughs> yeah, God. <laughs> I- I'm sorry, but you know what? In this case, Claire, you're better than those yahoos at work. Everybody's better than those yahoos. They're the worst. Say a little jealousy on Ruth's part, maybe? I don't know. <laughs> oh, God, no, don't I think Ruth is just being Ruth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Um, so the phone interrupts this conversation, and uh, it's George wanting her to come over. Uh, More on that later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so David's helping Darrell with homework, and he's terrible This is so math. cute. <laughs> this is a cute scene. He's frustrated with Anthony's music, so he rips the headphones off. I'm sorry, did I do something wrong? Aww. Oh, he's a whiny baby. God. No, no, no. He's been yeah, yeah, cowed he's... in the past. Mm-hmm. Give him, give him mm-hmm. some slack. Mm-hmm. I think there's a yeah. rant about Willow and Oz that would be parallel to this, but I'll be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we don't want to invoke any... Well, no. critical actually, emails yeah. or anything. I just think whenever parents are pretending to do their kids' math, it's adorable. <laughs> <laughs> integers. I used to know integers. <laughs> yep. Um, mm. So David's lover calls. <laughs> <laughs> Keith announces that he's going to be. Do spending- I have a lover? <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's so cute. Oh God. <laughs> Keith says he's going to be spending some extra time with Roger's kids tonight. David's mad. Then he goes through Darrell's stuff. Was, how many of you think that was uh, that Keith volunteered for that extra? Time? Yeah, yeah, I believe so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, listen. Some some people volunteer for extra time with uh, your boss's kids. Some people podcast. What are you gonna do? <laughs> what? Email me letter if you want me to edit that out. Uh, I'm not angry. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, uh, yeah, David and Darrell get into another conversation about privacy involving this flyer that David finds about a celebration of biodiversity that Darrell's going to be a part of. Uh, I just like to state, uh, I know my son is not as old as Darrell, but, uh, part of my job as a parent is to go through his bag and make sure yes. notes for the parent. Yes, I have a 12-year-old, and I still have to make sure that I get the papers home. Because if I don't, you know, sometimes check his backpack, I will not find out about important events at school. Hmm. Um, I agree. Uh, In the next scene, we see uh, Claire filling her silence with TV and the writer... Bruce Eric Clapton uh, says she's looks, you know, she's filled with self hatred during this scene, and that you know, she do, you know, do, doesn't want. I do the same thing. I fill my silence with TV. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we kind of talked about this next scene already a, a bit. Brenda doesn't want to do the amnio. Nate wants to know so they can take care of it. Brenda thinks they should wait. Um, and Nate agrees reluctantly, but Brenda can see that he's just kind of going along with it for her sake. Um, I have more on that later. So we want to get into a should we abort for Down syndrome debate? No. Or do we no. want to avoid no. that? That's a we, we don't. Do you want to avoid it? Yeah. Ugh. All right. <laughs> that was all right. I like it's... four pages of notes. I, I mean, you're breaking up. You're breaking up. <laughs> four pages of notes, but I guess we won't talk about this. Four pages. Well, notes. If you want to talk about it, but yeah. we really don't need to get into a controversial uh, discussion. Argument. Yeah. 
You could um, you could send us a voice memo, and you could be really strident and excited in your voice memo, and we could play it next time. <laughs> <laughs> I, I probably I if you feel like you need to express your opinion on this, go right ahead. I'm not going to yep. stop you. I'm just go not going to probably argue with you or agree. Uh, <laughs> I don't need to express anything. Okay. I was just going to state my personal position. And how I would approach the topic, but I can understand that this is probably a mistake. So I think perhaps we should move on. <laughs> yeah. But if, if so I keep my mouth shut because I know I'll get haters. <laughs> if it's parallel to how you feel about the olds, uh, <laughs> maybe we should. I got a better debate, which is the one about, oh, why don't we abort it if it's the wrong sex? You want to touch that one? <sighs> well, there is the wrong sex. <clears throat> so that is a scene uh but is there a wrong genetic makeup <laughs> uh, all right let's get back let's on back to the show <laughs> so, a different show about that. Uh, yeah. okay uh so david and keith getting rid of this huge porn stash how about that you did this air <laughs> That was a shit ton of porn. And that they had a- another huge bag in the back of the car. I just think it's hilarious. He tosses the bag and of course it spills all on the road by the dumpster. It's awesome. Yeah, I'm just concerned about the lockbox that David was talking about. How fucking, like, is it a treasure chest underneath the bed? Or- <laughs> <laughs> treasure chest of porn. <laughs> Uh, are we going to find out in a later episode that that's also where David keeps his Glock and the kids opted for the gay porn instead of the gun? <laughs> Not saying a thing. <laughs> we'll see that in the episode where the little one shoots himself in the head. Um, well, you know, you know, it's just going to get happier from here on out, right? God. Uh, <laughs> anyway. So, yeah, they're, they're talking about whether or not to go to Darrell's performance and whether, you know. So uh, are we agreed that if you're a parent, you just go? It doesn't matter. Yes, you should yes, go. Yes, yes, you go. You know, because you, really your child may say they don't want you there, but you being there, you know, kind of important. This kid has probably had the worst parents ever. Them showing up and showing that they care enough to go would probably be a good step for him, you know? I agree. Definitely. I never miss my kids' performances, or if I do, I send my mother. I have never missed one. So Ruth uh, is talking to Rico in the next scene. Uh, and uh, talk- Most awkward scene ever. She's very happy with her life now. Very excited all right. about all the things she's going to do. All right. About the potato salad. Is it mayonnaise time? Yes, it's mayonnaise time. All right. And she, it's not mayonnaise. A thought ran to my head. Ruth is going to kill people with her potato salad <laughs> that no one wanted. <laughs> potato salads at a slaughter. Yeah. <laughs> um, she's... Uh, Asks uh, Rico how things are going on with Vanessa, and he talks about how horny and frustrated he is. I know the feeling, Rico. I mean, shut up, Rico. <laughs> but it's all a fantasy sequence. Thank God that was so uncomfortable. Oh my goodness! Especially when Ruth starts... talking about masturbation was amazing. Yes. <laughs> yeah. There was actually an extra line that Fra- uh, Franny. Uh, 
suggested they add on, but they didn't because they just thought it was a little bit too far. It's basically when she was talking about how Nathaniel used to masturbate all the time. Um, she was going to say like, you know, I, I have to do it every once in a while myself. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> Oh no, too, too, too far Franny. We don't want to know. <laughs> so yeah, baby, we're back at the, uh, work. Um, and, uh, they're on a lunch break and Ted, comes up and introduces himself to Claire. Ted the lawyer. Mm-hmm. Oh, you mean Reese from the newsroom, that douchebag. <laughs> yes, Chris Messina, who plays, uh, he was uh, also in the movie Devil. <laughs> I somehow seem to remember him from that, which is funny because he's talking to Devil at one point in the scene. Um, was, from that Justify. The movie? was that the movie in the elevator? <laughs> yes. I saw that movie. He was a, he was a cop. <laughs> Um, and, uh, right now he's about to start on a new show with the Mindy Project. So, yeah. Um, they had a, a, they didn't actually name any names, but they said a lot more famous actors auditioned for this role. And that when they originally started writing the role of Ted, they had, um, something very different in mind. Uh, they were going to have an Indian guy named Kumar. uh, Oh, that'd be awesome. Be in the show, but. A little diversity. (laughs) Um, so, uh, next scene, Brenda's looking at ultrasound pics and decides to call her mom for lunch break or lunch, lunch break. Claire's on lunch break. She wants a lunch date. Um, so I was worried she had called, uh, what's his face <laughs> was, um, the ex-boyfriend guy. I don't know why. Wait a second. Joe? Did we just skip over yes. Claire's doodle? Yeah, we did. I didn't. That was an awesome doodle, everyone. <laughs> it was. Um, uh, Bruce Eric Kaplan uh, is a uh, New Yorker cartoonist, and uh, during the commentary, they thought it was his, the director was there. He's, he thought that Bruce actually drew it, but he didn't. And uh, in fact, he's also a previous writer on Seinfeld and wrote the episode where Elaine is obsessed with a uh, New Yorker cartoonist or a cartoon from the New Yorker. So. Anyway, I don't remember that one. But anyway, Margaret's cheating on Olivier with some dude from a LensCrafter commercial, <laughs> right? <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> Who's this silver fox? <laughs> uh, any observations about his uh, buttocks, guys? No? I didn't know this. Uh, so in the next scene, David and Nate are walking Madeline Burns and Maggie through the parlor and since uh they're quaker um they're talking about this whole silent warship service they do really maggie's quaker maggie's quaker (laughs) she converted yeah i know but that's hey fun fact about quakers they actually believe in gay marriage hmm wow yep you mean gay marriage is real yeah, apparently hmm. uh, the Religious Society of Friends gave it a seal of approval in 96, or 86, sorry. Yeah, wow, it's, 86. It's, yeah. it's real in Canada. <laughs> and our society's taking real such a downturn. It's some of the states. Hasn't it? We've gone right to the dogs, haven't we, Lirio? <laughs> <laughs> the gay dogs. <laughs> I don't even know what that means, but that's really funny. Uh, <laughs> gay dogs. Um, Maggie uh, asks Nate if something's wrong. We, we'll, we'll be back with them. Um, 
So I wonder what the Quakers believe uh, about um, uh, adultery. <laughs> I have to look that one up. <laughs> we may we may yet find out. Slowest yeah. home wrecker ever. I know, and it's she's like the most blah. You know, it's she like she is the Eeyore of home wreckers. <laughs> yes, I don't understand the attraction other than the fact that it's not Brenda. Yeah, Maggie's playing the block on. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. So at George's swank bachelor, bachelor pad, uh, he announces that he wants a divorce, and he's fallen in love and is getting married again. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? He's I know. the worst. How I... long have they been apart? Hmm. <laughs> Do we know? I said two months. Has learned. He has learned absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. No. Do you know how we were. Okay, last episode we were feeling a little bit sorry for him because of the way Ruth treated him. Not anymore. And and when he pulls this maneuver, I think you're just an ass, George. <laughs> he is. Also, he, by the way, this this chick, this Joy Solomon, he's engaged to. Did mm-hmm. you notice what she does? She's a women's studies professor. Okay, that is code for lesbian. Just so you know. <laughs> oh come on, Myra. <laughs> you're better than that. <laughs> I'm kidding, Myra. <laughs> If you can off old people, I can make off-color jokes. <laughs> well, you know, um, he really. Do you, does anyone know how long they've been separated? It doesn't matter. Do you want to hear what my notes read? Yeah, you've been trying to say. Go ahead. My notes read: "Go, George, asshole." <laughs> <laughs> he's so full of shit. He's he's mm-hmm. not in love with these women. He just uh, he's pathetic and has to be with somebody apparently. It's probably part of his. Craziness. No, it's not. It's not part of his damn illness. Or another. He is just part of his craziness. He is just being a selfish ass. <laughs> um, a little behind the scenes of this, uh, uh, there was the line. Uh, uh, George's line was supposed to be, "I think I'm in love, maybe for the first time." Uh, and uh, upon uh, James Cromwell's insistence. He changed it to just, I'm in love. Um, and he said he thought it was too crazy, but um, Bruce Eric Kaplan was, he even was, sounded resentful on the commentary. It was pretty, pretty interesting. Um, he said that he thought it was, that line was true to the pathology of the character of George. And the director ended up changing it for him rather than the writer. The writer... Um, says he thinks that um, James Cromwell didn't want George to, you know, a lot of actors don't want their character to end up being unlikable, you know. Mm-hmm. And, but he says, and he says, I still say it to this day, that that line would have made this scene even better. There's no way in hell he's actually in love. Mm. Nope. He's full of shit. He cannot be in love with somebody that quickly. He's so full of shit, he's impacted. Right, Moira? I agree. <laughs> um, Maggie tells Nate that even if the baby doesn't turn out totally healthy, things will still work out because, you know, with her <sighs> son, Jesse, all those horrible things are going to take away from all the things he gave her. And uh, even at two years old, he was still an amazing person. I liked it. <laughs> of course, I have like a, my heart breaks for things like this. Mm-hmm. That's because it, yeah. you've been programmed to feel that way. Uh, oh, it, okay. It, <laughs> I don't think I'm programmed. Sad, but... 
But see, I don't think I want to go through something like that if you could permit it, you know? Uh, I'm with you, Des. Hmm? I'm with you. Yeah. Wait, what, I mean, what were you saying, Des? I couldn't... I'm saying it, it's sad, but, you know, and it's a sweet story, and that's great that she felt that way, but I don't think I would want to go through something like that um, oh. if I could prevent it. Right, right. We're, we're treading close to the that discussion. I'm sure <laughs> people could guess my... Um, my views on the matter easily, so I'm not too worried. I don't care if people know. I just don't want to get into a big, long discussion slash argument. Oh, no. It doesn't matter. You know, everybody has their opinions. That's fine. No. Yes, yes. No, I'm I'm not saying it's because of my own personal beliefs um, uh, that I I like that what she said. I still was... I, I was... You know, I think of my daughter who's going to be one years old and how much of a personality and how much of an amazing little child she is. And, uh, you know, I, I, I feel the same way. I mean, even if I only got to spend like two years with her, it'd still be like amazing, you know? Oh, but think of how much pain. Oh my God. So much Worth pain. That you it. never get over. Worth and it. if you could just not do it in the first place and not have that pain, no, oh, I don't like pain. <laughs> it's fine. I know, but, yeah. But hold on, but Maggie's child was healthy when it was born, right? Yes, yeah. I think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So there's nothing That's she could have done to prevent story. that happening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and it was a sweet, you know, it was it was sweet, and it was nice that she gave that to Nate. However. Nate got nothing out of that apparently. No, because that's that's not her fault. That's Nate not listening or she, or uh, I know, like, she, he took out of it was uh, it was really expensive and cost a lot. <laughs> and, and that's when I realized that I didn't know this, but I really hate Nate. I really oh, do. Boy. And I've seen him for seasons now and I just didn't realize because I loved him so much like season one and two mm-hmm. that I didn't realize that it turned to hate until that moment I was like, I have hated him for like three seasons. Nate is the worst. Yeah, he really is. Yes, we will definitely discuss how Nate recoded the conversation later. <laughs> but, oh, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, we're with Roger's kids advising Keith on why Darrell should have oh. his own space. <laughs> okay, I wish that Keith and David could adopt these two kids. Because <laughs> they amuse the crap out of me. <laughs> they definitely win in the precocious category. Oh, they are. <laughs> yes. They are. Yes. A little comic relief is much needed, however, so yeah. thank God. Yeah. Yes. Um, Claire asked Johnny if she can come along to Doc's. Yeah, baby. Um, stop. Yeah, baby. Never saying ever, that. Never stop. <laughs> I keep forgetting to say it. Um, and here we got Ruth uh, arriving with her famous potato salad at Victoria's. And Victoria's <laughs> just kind of saying, hey, we're going to fix you up with my friend Mitchell, blah, blah, blah. So more on that. At Doc's, uh, Kirsten tells Claire that she's been seeing Ted. They hooked up a couple times and she hopes she'll Aww. get over his intimacy issues. In she is so pathetic. That was the most pathetic thing <laughs> ever. Oh, I just wanted to, Oh honey. Oh, so <laughs> delusional. Yes. Totally. Uh, hey, you know, do they still have mechanical bulls at bars at this point? Yes. Christine was a- uh, out of town working 
and went to a bar with a mechanical bull. I thought that, yeah, was, that was such an 80s an thing. Austin? That was like... Oh, I think wow. she was in Nashville at the time. Nashville, there you go. They don't have them in bars and malls. <laughs> oh, that's like it's an urban cowboy, right? That's crazy. This actually is a, a, according to the commentary, that's like a famous uh, bar in West Hollywood. Um, but yeah, it definitely is not inside a mall. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I forgot to say Kirsten Wig. Maybe I have to do this all over again. No, I won't. No. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, Mitchell. Uh, tells Ruth Mitchell, the John Cleese light actor that Ruth's talking to. <laughs> yes, yes. Rather remind me of John Cleese. I was like, Is that John? No. <laughs> yeah, I had to do a bit of a double take. I thought, what? Yeah, me too. What are people talking about? He that looks nothing like John Cleese. <laughs> I thought he did. I think he yes. does. Nice. Go look again. You're out for it. To look again. I, I, I know exactly what John Cleese looks like. <laughs> I've been addicted to Monty Python since I was seven years old. <laughs> oh, dear. Well, I don't know. Maybe the side profile. <laughs> he, he did, Robin. Don't listen to Illyria. He's full of it. He, he did. On that the wasn't side. five minutes just now. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, uh, yeah. Nobody says yes. It was. Fuck you all. What? I don't know what you're talking about. I paid for an argument, and this is not an argument. (laughs) You're contradicting me. I have no idea what you're talking about. This is not an argument. (laughs) This is contradiction. It's merely contradiction. Oh, okay. So, uh, yeah, he's telling Ruth about his uh, guest spot in Ghost Whisperer. She doesn't know what to say to that, and who would? (laughs) So he wanders away. I I would know what to say. Yeah? Yeah. Or Jennifer Love Hewitt's breasts as awesome in person as they look on TV? Yes. <laughs> Cindy comes over to help her mingle, but Ruth explodes. Apparently she's oh 7 million years old. <laughs> I love that part. She is so fucking ridiculous. I don't know how long they've been separated, but she's so fucking lonely. Come back to me when you've been single for a decade, Ruth. <laughs> Kiss my ass, you stupid bitch. <laughs> <laughs> this, is the, this is my Steph moment, and I said, "Fuck this show!" Wow. <laughs> um. So yeah, she dumps the uh, potato salad in the toilet. <laughs> Anyone else hoping it was going to back up? Oh, I was waiting for yes. it. I, 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 I thought it would. <laughs> they got some good plumbing in that that place, apparently. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of potato salad going down a toilet. <laughs> Um, so she takes off, uh, back at Doc's, I can't, I can't say it earlier, it's going to yell at me. It's okay. Yeah, even, baby. Even though it was said like 10 times during this scene in the background. Yeah, baby. <laughs> I'll do it for you, Robin. Thanks. Uh, Ted tells, uh, Claire that he heard that she's an artist and she had an art gallery presentation, all that. She denies it. And, uh, he starts talking about how he loves being a lawyer and, you know, it's just what he's really good at. Um, and he wants to introduce her to other parts of his life. Oh, ick, ick, uh, ick, ick, ick. Sleep ball. <sighs> so, yeah, she didn't take that very well. She tries to get him to come back to the table with her, and he's like, Kirsten Wig. Claire's coworkers are almost as annoying as her art school buddies. <laughs> we should get a poll up in the group. <laughs> I'd forgotten the I'd, I'd forgotten about the art school buddies. Thank you. <laughs> um, 
so David and Keith are talking uh, later that night, and uh, yeah, he still can't go over the fact that his uh, father was working when he was in Anything Goes as a sailor and uh, <laughs> couldn't come to the performance. They had this tradition of getting pie at Marie Callender's, which I thought was only TV dinners, but apparently there was restaurants. Ah, there are restaurants. My mom loves the strawberry pie from there. <laughs> I thought they were just like frozen food, but uh, uh. Um, hold on, we need a Fisher Cast poll. What's that? <laughs> Favorite pie. Favorite pie? Yeah, apple pie. As Keith said uh, he hates le- um, Boston cream pie. Mm-hmm. I'm a lemon meringue man myself. Apple pie. Oh, I'm yeah. How American of you! I'm definitely warm apple pie with some nice Vermont cheddar cheese melted over the top of it. Oh, perfection. Mm, cherry pie. Mm. Or pumpkin. Yeah. Pumpkin pie actually. That's pretty That's damn good. Cheese mm. mm. my pumpkin. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't really have the same ring to it, Mario. No. Maybe I should stick with cherry. <laughs> And uh, I will do a sad side note and say that Anything Goes was the only play that my parents showed up to, and that was it. But I wasn't a sailor. I was an English guy who was getting cheated on, but whatever. Um, (laughs) Anyway, Um, so yeah, David is getting tired of Keith not participating, and uh, everybody on the podcast doesn't know what to say to my sad story, but I'll keep going, because... I don't think you guys have souls, and uh, you know, I was just looking for, I was reaching out, but whatever. Aww. Okay. <laughs> so, um... <No> <laughs> I'll move on. He's, he's um, still traumatized after all these years. <laughs> oh, God. Robin, please. Your parents <laughs> love you. <laughs> Whether or not they showed up to your play doesn't change that. Uh, whether or not somebody's muting really affects this conversation. Me? Oh, there she is. I thought you were no, talking I've to somebody else. Time. I thought you were talking yeah, to somebody you're else. Breaking up. You're breaking Illyria up. Illyria gave me shit. <laughs> okay. Um, I'll keep going. I, I, I assume mm-hmm. you're back, Des? I've been here the whole time. Okay. <laughs> um... So uh, the next point of order is, is Keith a vampire? Because <laughs> no soul. So Rico has one amazing orgasm with Vanessa. Can I read my notes for this part, please? Yes. It says, no, 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 don't make me watch Rico orgasm, please. Hey, that's exactly what Vanessa was thinking. Uh, I believe the scene is 20 minutes long. <laughs> If it wasn't, it might as well have been. I rewatched it over and over and over again. And then in brackets I wrote, this is what Steph should complain about. (laughs) Nessa is the worst. However, she's turned into a bit of a hero of mine. Hmm. She's a hero of yours? Yes, because she's putting that little shithead through hell. (laughs) Yes. Can I say something? Can you hear me? Yes. Can you hear me? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we yes. can hear you. Okay, good. Good. Um, I thought it was awesome because um, it made Rico feel like shit and he deserved it. Yes. I don't I know. I thought what was hilarious is when she grabs him by the throat and says, you don't have to do that. <laughs> and I thought she might strangle him. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, but anyway, uh, moving on. Nate is happy that uh, Margaret's doing a guy that makes her happy. <laughs> While he's spitting gobs of toothpaste in the sink and making me sick. I hate watching Nate do his toothbrushing routine. They do it so much on Six Feet Under. I think he uses too much toothpaste. <laughs> Seriously, he's like... The size of a pea. Um, Brenda asked him about the name Penelope. Who's uh, Penelope? Penelope? I think Nate has already killed this child in his head. <laughs> Yes, yeah, I agree. I agree. That's and, why you're and, they, and they don't even know if anything's wrong. Yeah. Nate says... It's not wrong, but it has nothing to do with the fetus. <laughs> Nate uh, tells her this uh, a very abridged version of what Maggie said. Said, uh, you know, she did all this, went through all this terrible stuff. Brenda says, did she regret it? And Nate counters with, Maggie is better than us. Uh, <laughs> what? Oh, God. <laughs> wow. Dude. So, yeah. So he tries to bring Maya into it, but she's counters, you know, she's, she's a very caring person. Person. Oh, and like me. Uh, exactly. Uh-huh. <laughs> Margaret shows up the next morning with a big gift for the baby. And uh, <laughs> says, you know, let's get our story straight for Olivier. Uh, <laughs> between you and me, uh, long lunch. Long lunch. Um, but yeah, uh, she starts seeing that Brenda's upset. Brenda starts breaking down. Um, the next scene, David and Keith are... At the celebration of biodiversity, David tells Keith to hide because uh, he's scared of Darrell. <laughs> <laughs> Back with Maggie and Brenda. Maggie, right. er, Darrell was me, a very good Margaret. tree, yes? Darrell yes, was wonderful. was a good little tree. Right, good. Margaret says, all couples go through this. You know, you guys just need to work <laughs> as a team. You, you didn't, you think I didn't want to abort you and Billy? Oh my God! <laughs> Throughout this scene, I'm telling myself I can't believe I agree with Brenda's mom. Uh, behind the scenes, mm-hmm. Alan Ball was oh. himself was a little unsure about this line, but Bruce Eric Kaplan said, "Of all the people on television who can say this line, it's Margaret Chetowith." <laughs> so that it passed. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Margaret's saying, "Hey, hello, you're married. Be a team." And maybe you should try looking at it from his side. You know, life is really hard. That, that was the easy. sensible part that she said. Mm-hmm. Although the bit about, of course, I thought of aborting you was just, <laughs> oh my God. Whoa. Um, in the next scene, Ruth confronts Joy Solomon, uh, played by Cynthia Stevenson, who just got done playing Joy Lass on Dead Like Me. Um, Bruce Eric Kaplan wrote the scene, wrote this character with uh, her in mind. So perhaps that's Wasn't why. Wasn't she also on Third Rock from the Sun? She might have been. Just Does, doesn't she usually play whine, whiny characters? Yeah. Yeah, a little bit neurotic too. I think. Yeah. Like high strung. Yeah. So Ruth is crazy. Uh-huh. However, I fully endorse everything she's doing here. <laughs> yeah, if she can save someone from what happened to her, geez. 
This well, is not what... only that, but I think that's, um, hmm. for her to get some closure on this, I think she needs to do this. She, she needs to try. You know, you you can play this any way you want to. You could say, ah, it's, you know, whatever, move on. It's not your problem. Leave it to somebody else. It's now her problem. But I think Ruth just really needs to get some of her, like her anger out, and and to say to George, you can't you can't freaking do this to people. You have no right, right to do this to people. So I agree too. Good for you. Um, I agree. She approached it like Lestat by saying, "I'm going to give you the choice I never had." <laughs> um, some people laugh at that. Um, but yeah, since Cynthia, Stephen, Cynthia Stevenson was not on Third Rock from the Sun. I just looked. Ah. She was on From Earth to the Moon. Is that close enough? <laughs> <laughs> Let's say yes and move on. Uh, meanwhile, David's watching Darrell's Elm Tree performance and imagines himself up there. Blow, Gabriel, blow. Okay, that is the gayest thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> In your whole life? Mm. In my whole life. And I've seen some pretty gay things. But Michael C. Hall, dressed up like a little boy sailor, singing that song in a dream sequence is the gayest thing I've ever seen. Uh, well, I, I've seen, uh, I, I listened to the commentary, of course, and uh, they actually filmed it two ways, like really kind of gay and then more like a little boy. And they decided to kind of stick with the, uh, I don't know. I don't know which actually it is. They didn't say it, and I'm not really sure. Thank you for saying it first. <laughs> I'm always first to be completely naively inappropriate on this show. So, and actually awesome. all shows. <laughs> yeah, gayest thing I've ever seen. It was fantastic. Okay. So, yeah, he claps like a maniac as we move on to the next scene where Ruth has reduced joy to tears about George's true story. And uh, Joy wonders Joy wonders if uh, she's the one who's crazy. Ruth is the one that's crazy. And Ruth proves that by breaking her face and running out. <laughs> I am not angry! <laughs> I can't wait to use that in real life. <laughs> Actually, the commentators were saying how they wish they had, like, breakaway... Bre- breakable objects like you know that they use in, on film sets just around the house so they can just be dramatic every once in a while um <laughs> in the next scene a trench coat wearing brenda because that's what you wear in the uh la sun uh it's what colombo wore <laughs> don't judge brenda true. That's true. Maybe she's she's taking a break from sleuthing right now. <laughs> um, yeah, I, they tried with the trench coat, but boy, that that belly is poking right out of there. Um, oh, oh, Robin, Robin. Yeah, one more thing. Hmm. That is all. Was that a silence for, <laughs> for the show? It's a Colombo joke. Oh. Oh, oh! Let's move on. Stop fucking with me. Okay, another one. <laughs> oh, God. All right, so uh, uh... she doesn't get eaten by the serpent. <laughs> you understand? I'm telling you this because you look nervous. I want you to know she's gonna be okay. Uh, I, I'm the Peter Falk of this podcast, aren't I? Sorry. <laughs> um. 
So yeah, he, uh, Brenda, Brenda comes in and, uh, she looks like she's ready to tell Nate, let's go ahead with this test. But she saw Nate and Maggie talking, Maggie's hand resting on Ooh. Nate's arm. Um, yeah. So she pulls him aside, says, and, um, says, you know, this came down as a marriage versus my child argument. I was going to pick marriage until now. And you know what? We're, we haven't been together and I've been thinking it's me all this time. I now realize it's you or us. Um, and Nate says, what do you want me to do? And she says, do what you want. Finally, finally, Brenda speaking sense. <laughs> Haven't we heard somebody say this to Nate at some other season? Do what you want instead of what you're expected. It's, it's echoing in my little brain. Uh, I'm going to say something. Ladies, sure. I have a question for you, ladies. Let's say that your man is standing in a room and a woman and he are speaking and that woman's hand is on your man's arm. Do you dump him? Depends on who the woman is. Oh. If it's, if it's a, somebody that if it's somebody friend, that is supposed to be better than us, you know, <laughs> if it's just some stranger, then they're probably hitting on your man. But if it's like a friend who's close, you know, doesn't necessarily mean anything. But I don't know. Do you know. dump him? No, probably not. No, you asked this sounded about to it. me like a dumping. <sighs> they're married. Um, you can't just dump them. Why not? She she's putting divorce a, him, but she can't just dump him. I didn't Finally, quite it's faster if you go to eighty. I took it more of her saying, "Nate, figure out what the hell you want and just right. do it, but don't leave me dangling." Mm. Yeah. Can, okay. can I, I? I wrote something here, and it's it stems off of what um, Bruce Eric Kaplan says during this: is that that the character Nate, and he's always trying to be Mister Nice Guy, and he's not doing what he wants. He and, and as a result, he's trying to please everybody but himself. He ends up screwing things up because he's frustrated because he's never doing anything for himself. So he ends up do- being extra selfish, really. I'm and- a little confused. Can I just... I don't get this. I thought when he went back to Brenda, that was him doing what he wanted. I thought so, too, but apparently So that's not. why I don't understand why suddenly now it's not what he wants. Well, um, I think Nate's just an asshole who doesn't know what he wants. He's a man-child... Who, as soon as he gets what he wants, gets bored with it and then wants yeah. something else. Yeah, that that sounds like a plausible. Well, this is this is yeah. basically you know what I wrote here. I mean, Kaplan also says you know it, this really frustrated viewers, and it's definitely frustrating you guys. I know um, because they you know expected you know they see this character in season one, and he's a really good guy. He's, you know, he's got some faults or whatever, but and then it, they they kind of expect him to be the hero of the show, where really you know he's they said it as writers it was more interesting for them to write him, not what conventional TV would expect him to do, but that, you know, he's not always making the right decision. Yeah. And as a writer, it's more challenging and they really appreciate doing that. And I, I appreciate that. A lot of people see this, this sh- this whole show as drama for drama's sake, but I kind of see it as, you know, these writers challenging themselves and defying some conventions and uh, it's never the easy path. And sometimes it comes off as like they're bringing storm clouds around because just to spice things up. But it might be just to kind of spice things up and keep it more interesting to write and mm. how this would be dealt with in reality. Uh, nobody's perfect. <laughs> yeah, but real, 
Actually, in reality, does everybody always make the wrong decision and they're always unhappy always? I don't think Does so. Nate always make the wrong decision and is always unhappy Just about. always? about. Mm. The last three seasons, yes. I, I, I bring for to example of this, this whole thing is that, like, Claire's dalliances with uh, lesbian behavior that, you know, on, like, a normal show, she's all of a sudden, now she's gay, you know, where they wanted to deal with that a little deeper. David and Keith's relationship, this entire show, has been, you know, some people might see it as drama for drama's sake, but I, I see it as, I don't know, they're, they're not... Said it, it, you just don't like live happily ever after. It just no, but know? there are occasional happy moments in your life. Yeah, even we'll see if some lives. come. We'll see if some come. I've seen some happy moments on this show, and, and then I've, someone builds and, a bomb shelter. And, yeah, <laughs> no, it's ridiculous. Yeah, so that's my uh, thesis defense, and I look forward to anybody's feedback they want to bring in. But um, and uh, so Claire. Uh, the next scene is telling Ted about how she was actually an artist for real. And uh, she feels like it's over, but uh, it seems like it's sort of liberating to her from what she's saying. She has diarrhea of the mouth. It's like she's just going on and on, and it's like, okay, whatever. (laughs) But he was asking her before, so now she's like opening up, right? A little Um, too much. Did you guys like uh, Ted's confession about Kirsten Wick? <sighs> no, because it felt like a douchebaggy thing that a slime ball does to get a girl in bed. <laughs> Isn't it better than not saying a thing? No. Okay. Interesting <laughs> and telling. But he's also, he like knows that she's acting awkward around him because she's probably, Kirsten has probably told her Yeah, everything. I... I still feel like it's he's doing it to be the you know douchebag to be. Oh, she's gonna like it if I'm honest. She'll jump right in my bed. Hmm. Well, he did actually to her face say, "Oh, I've got an in." <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, talks like that to not... people. <laughs> Lawyers. Uh, <laughs> um. Obviously, we'll be talking more about him. So. Uh, so Rico is asked, finally asked from NASA, what's going on? What's going on? (laughs) You got what you wanted. What's the big fucking deal? And Rico wonders why she even asked him back. Okay. Anyone else thought Rico was going to go crazy and kill her? (laughs) (laughs) No. Awesome. Yes, that would be amazing. (sighs) Um... Again, we I, I really talked a bit about last time about how like uh, Vanessa just needs somebody to bring the water bottles in. Mm-hmm. But the writer the writers kind of clarified this a little bit more in here saying that, you know, the way they're thinking of it is that she's having a hard time forgiving him and really just kind of hates herself for it. But so it, it's a she wants to, everything to be okay, but she just can't let it go. You know? And rightfully so, obviously. He cheated on her, but <laughs> Well, yeah, she only she's only taking him back, I think, because she's too weak to be on her own. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they don't really talk about that. But um, and then we get George angrily banging at the door. Sometimes <laughs> <laughs> you just gotta bang it out, man. <laughs> <laughs> Ruth tells her 
I'm out of control. I hate you. I want you to leave. That was the best. I hate you. She yeah, finally I'm said it. Said that. Yeah. Good for her. Uh, well, then David and a tea towel. And George, just go away. I thought we were done with yeah. you. Please just go away. I George, knew we don't weren't. Go away. <laughs> George, just go away. Go away. David and Keith are reassuring Darrell on how well he played at Elm Tree. Aww. And Keith tries to be like, hey, what about me? You know, I thought you were good. Let's get let's get some pie. So Pie's dumb. <laughs> yeah. Um, and in the final scene, uh, Nate is witnessing the whole Quaker silent ceremony. Oh. He closes his oh. eyes. And gazing at Maggie. I would not be catches that Maggie's eye. Director of the eye rolling would just distract everyone. Now, clearly, he's making a decision in his head. I really hope he's picking Brenda because uh, I just don't understand the attraction to Maggie. Because <laughs> Maggie is someone he can't have. Yeah, mm. I guess so. But the then thing he, he can't. I think he can. He can have her. Uh, then he's no, going to want her. He's, he's going to want Brenda again. So uh, just uh, make it <laughs> it's stop. Just, Mac has a crazy ex-lover who will kill her and bury her in the desert. That's awesome. <laughs> hey, that was never proven. <laughs> All right. Well, um, and we also see Brenda going into a, that maternity store and getting the outfit. See, she got what she wanted. Home. Yeah. Apparently, she's going to keep that pregnancy. And alone, she walks into the street as the credits come up. And uh, one last bit of commentary from Bruce Eric Clapton. Clap, I can't say it. Kaplan. Clapton. Um, he said uh, he didn't want any sort of musical score during this last. He said it would have well, played better if it was just silence. Was but, there music or was there yeah, silence? Was, I don't even know. There was a little scoring. bit of silence and then music. And I was like, yeah. you dum-dums. I didn't even notice. Uh, and finally, the last bit of commentary is during the credits that he, where Bruce actually announces, that's it, I can't keep talking, I have to go to the bathroom. And then it just, it's over. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, was, I was like, oh. You need to go before, dude. Oh, yeah. Some people have small beers. bladders, okay? <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. All right, so uh, let, that's it for the open casket video. Let's take a break and hear from our friends at Saturday B Movie Reel. Hi, this is Kevin Batchelder. And this is the Saturday B Movie Reel. Shoot it! Shoot it! <laughs> <laughs> that about describes it, yeah. All right, everybody stay here. We look specifically at the Sci Fi Channel's original movies. You know the ones. The ones that air on Saturday night. Being known throughout the ages is an instant classic. <laughs> we need a bigger gator! Uh, limb cutting yes. and blood squirting from... <laughs> Flying limbs, I called them. it in my notes. What could go wrong? We look on a regular basis at the movies as they come out, and since they've been over 200 of them, we do go back and look at many of them that are now out on DVD. By this point, I had completely forgotten any semblance of seeing if this actually makes any sense from a plot point of view. So come on by, get involved, and have some fun. Check us out at SaturdayBMovieReel.com. A future depends on it. Make it safe. And we're back, and we're going to talk quickly about Fisher of the Week. I'm going to try to wrap this up quick. It's getting late. 
Fisher of the week, who wins this week? If I was to put it in uh, Ramjack terms. Uh, let's go with Illyrio first. Fisher of the week? Let's see. Ruth for going apeshit crazy, telling <laughs> on George, flushing the potato salad, realizing she's 7 million years old, and telling George that she hates him. Ruth, 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 Ruth. <laughs> Ruthie, oh. <laughs> Des. Everybody was stupid this week. I hated them all. I'm going with Maya. What? <laughs> she wasn't in the episode. I don't care. She's a fucking fisher, damn it. You can't pick her. She wasn't in the episode. I can pick her. She's not in the episode. Yeah, She's no, a real fisher. Her. You can't pick her. She's not in the episode. No, it's true. No. So, we so can, if I, Ruth wasn't in the episode, I couldn't pick her? <laughs> right. That's bullshit. I, okay, fine. Fine. Everybody was stupid. I hated everybody. So I'm picking baby fetus. <laughs> Ooh. Oh, this is a controversial issue. Definitely <laughs> not. Care. Baby fetus was in the fucking episode. <laughs> Allegedly. quiet. And quiet. So there you go. (laughs) Also known as Rachel Griffith's real child who is much older than the fictional fetus that's going on. Anyway. Ooh, fictional uh, fetus would be an awesome name for a band. Ooh. Moira. What Illyrio said. Ruth. Nice. And I'm going with Ruth as well because I like my characters loud. Nate was an a-hole in this episode, but I he needs a cucumber up the assectomy. <laughs> I would have picked Ruth if she hadn't said that she was lonely after leaving her husband uh, three weeks late- earlier. Stupid bitch. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, Ruth. You better be strong, or or else does won't like you. Damn right. Oh my gosh, she's belittling my loneliness. <laughs> I don't think she knows who you are. <laughs> well, that's her it's part. Not it's not about you. It's not yeah. about you. This isn't about you. It's <laughs> always about me. Uh, you better watch your toilet, Des, because you might just get saladed. Um, listener eulogies is exciting this week. We had a, uh, a vicious voicemail yesterday. <laughs> or yesterday, last week, from Steph. No, it wasn't that bad. Well, well. Uh, Maybe it got, got worse this week. What do you say we take a listen to that first? All right. Are we ready? Oh, yeah. Okay, I get so upset recording the voicemail for the silence that uh, I just lose my mind. So this is like take 12. <laughs> um, this is Stephanie. I hate the show. It, oh. it makes me very angry. This episode didn't quite make me so angry. Maybe I, I was so. just in a really good mood watching it, but... <laughs> Yeah, Nate and Brenda, just about the time where I'm starting to scream at my television, why are you two together if you're so miserable? Brenda finally voices what I'm thinking, or screaming, or whatever. <laughs> um, finally, it's working out with the, the kids. It was just, they, they just needed an adjustment period. They're getting used to each other, so they're doing much better. David and his boyfriend, that I can't remember his name, because, and then I get frustrated, and then I stop the recording, and then the... Um, Keith. <laughs> I believe he's her husband. The husband. Yeah, now. Ruth. I think it was a good idea that she told the uh, the fiance. The fiance. She w- She wished that somebody would have told her. 
it needs to the fiance needs to be warned of what she's getting into Ruth didn't do anything wrong she wasn't nosing into somebody else's business she she did the responsible thing now she just needs to um, you know she just needs a cool enough time to get used to the idea that this is just what uh, George does and just let him go on and let him be somebody else's problem now. Um, I'm so glad. I'm looking so forward to the end of the show. Uh, this in the newsroom is what I have to get my blood pressure at my blood boiling. Because they're both infuriatingly frustrating shows. I want to beat my head against the wall. Love you That's guys. It. Bye. <laughs> Love you too. <laughs> oh, Steph, you're the best. Maybe I, I'm thinking Chris Messina is the problem. She's getting both him and uh, six feet under, and uh, as well as in the newsroom. Mm. Uh, <laughs> right, Des? I have no idea what you're talking about. Chris, Chris Messina could it be could it be that be uh, Steph's problem? Uh, she says that the newsroom and six feet under equally infuriated. Oh, he's a real douchebag on the newsroom. Seriously. All right. So we have uh, a email from uh, Matt. We have an email from Brad, and we just got one from Tammy. All right. Can I read Tammy's? Sorry. That's a can I read Tammy's? Oh, sure. Go right ahead. Oh, you want me to do it first? It doesn't matter. <laughs> you just answered your own question. Okay. The Silence, a.k.a. Yeah, baby, a.k.a. Stick a knife in my ear. <laughs> Hi, Fisher Cass. Some thoughts on The Silence. Hi. Does Maggie live in her car? I swear, besides other people's homes, we have not seen Maggie in her own place. Just her car. Maybe she wants to sleep with Nate so she has a place to stay. <laughs> <laughs> Impressive porn collection, David and Keith. You go, boys. <laughs> Claire, have you heard Don't Fish Off the Company Doc? Stay away from Creepy Lawyer Dude. <laughs> WTF, Ruth. You should be excited that George wants to divorce, as that should make your life easier. You knew going in that he had been married a bazillion times before, so it's your own fault that you jumped into getting married. It is none of your business what happens with this other chick. She's obviously just as stupid as you. Ooh, I agree with that. Uh, <laughs> and now you will come off looking like the crazy person. If she were... Doing this to really help out this woman, that's one thing. But she did this because she is angry at George. Bitterness equals crazy ex, just the way it goes. And the whole thing with Brenda and Nate is so tough. These are the types of discussions they should have had before they got pregnant. Just being older, Brenda had a higher chance of complications. They are not on the same page with anything. Brenda is Maya's mom. She's not her mom. Brenda wants to keep the baby no matter what. Nate doesn't if there's a problem. Nate wants to sleep with Maggie. Brenda doesn't want him to. I hate this storyline so much. I was I was happy for Brenda and Nate to get back together, but at this rate, I wish she would have stayed with Joe. Okay, that's it. Until next time, Tammy. I agree. Awesome. Thanks, Tammy. Yes, Tammy. Thanks. Anybody else want to volunteer? To sure. Read Can I read Brad? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The silence is what you hear when I take the time to figure out who's the worst person in this episode. It's a really long silence because they're all just terrible. That's just the subject Agreed. line. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> okay. He says, 
I have been on stage twice when people had heart attacks in the audience. Both times, someone actually yelled, is there a doctor in the house? I was shocked when it didn't happen in this episode. And for the <laughs> it record, only happens in real life. <laughs> it actually happened to my girlfriend in real life, who's in fact a cardiologist in Toronto at a theater show. And somebody really was having a heart attack behind her. And wow. she went to respond. And you got to know, Heather has a really loud voice. And she yelled, get the house lights on. And they did. They stopped oh, wow. the show. <laughs> and the guy <laughs> lived. It's a happy story. Yay. Anyway. Yay. Yay. Anyway, um. Okay, and for the record, I would immediately fire that bitch that was staring into the audience because she heard a guy coughing. Until people start screaming for doctors, you should be able to keep a performance going. I agree. I do, too. <laughs> it was a shitty play. <laughs> David's constant arbitrary language censorship is killing me. I cannot it's abide good. it on any level. Agreed. I just don't swear in front of my kids. Yeah. I do all the time. When, when when they're older, I'll be happy to swear a bunch as long as they can really recognize the difference between appropriate time and inappropriate time. Mm. Brenda is such a horrific human in this episode, I question whether it is possible for her to turn around. I'm Steph Levels of Done with her. <laughs> <laughs> That's now our new rating scale. <laughs> of how done you are with the show yeah. and with characters in it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Good job, Steph. <laughs> George gets a thousand points for recommending a Paul Krugman article and loses nine hundred and ninety nine for getting engaged to another woman without warning her that he has plum banana cakes crazy. Agreed. <laughs> you don't need Krugman to point out Rico's stock continuing to plummet to an unprecedented low. <laughs> <laughs> Ruth and Claire are back to being awful and pathetic. Ugh, and how perennial wet blanket Maggie is a Quaker. Her lameness is... Oh, and now, sorry, and now, perennial wet blanket Maggie is a Quaker. Her lameness is palpable. <laughs> She's like the treasurer of a school club that has no other members. <laughs> <laughs> Nate is awful for even being in the same room with her. Uh. <laughs> Thank you, Brad. Oh, so harsh. These poor characters, if they were only real. <laughs> Thank goodness they're not. <laughs> Here's one from Matt. Yay! Silence will fall. <laughs> hey, Nubor Ari. Awesome. Wait, why am I last again? Damn it, Matt. <laughs> You're a jerk. Nib- we're in Nibor. the back half of season five now, The Silence. Here's some stray thoughts. Fat David Pamer, the corpse of the week, was kind of a crank, huh? I guess that's paralleling to Nate and Brenda's continually degrading marriage. Seriously, who thought this marriage was a good idea? <laughs> Looks like those actors... Pause. Puts on sunglasses. Knocked him dead. Yeah! <clears throat> you know the manic pixie dream girl archetype? Maggie is the exact opposite of that. <laughs> Instead of helping mopey Nate embrace life, she seems to help him focus on his moping. (laughs) Wow. Holy shit, that is devil from Justified. (laughs) The phrase, yeah, babe. Oh, you you tricked me into saying it. The phrase, yeah. Babe. Yeah, baby, yeah. 
Never be uttered again? Yes, I agree, Matt. I get, I get it that they're making a point with it. But people with annoying catchphrases usually have more than one. I know. Why can't somebody go around saying, hey, are you making copies? It's true. It's true. In the last episode, that at was least Johnny said, what's up? Right? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Discmans. Remember them? Mm. Although at this point, iPods were already becoming extremely popular. Mm. Oh, Rico and Vanessa, as Homer Simpson would say, boring. <laughs> That's a lot of porn, although I guess with everyone keeping it on their hard drives, it makes the size a little easier to reconcile. <laughs> Not to mention the porn VHS tapes. <laughs> what the hell is a gy- gyrotonic? Anyone? <laughs> No idea. <laughs> what kind of bullshit trainer thing? <laughs> Only Margaret Chenoweth would consider telling her children she wanted to abort them is a good idea. Livia <laughs> Soprano taught her well. Hmm. Of course, George is engaged again. Ruth, it'd be easier to sympathize with you if to sympathize with you if you weren't so aggressively unpleasant at every turn. <laughs> George, let you go. If someone wants to make the same mistake you did. Let her do it and mind your own business. Was that all in one flush? If so, that is one powerful toilet. <laughs> I, I need to sit upon that throne because, wow. That's enough, Robin. Kirsten desperately needs a... Oh, honey, speech. <laughs> <laughs> Fisher of the week, I'll say, is David for ignoring Jarrell's request that they not go to his play and supporting him in it. I'll give this episode six out of ten Armpit liquors. Uh. <laughs> yeah, David definitely was my runner up, runner up for Fisher of the Week, but it's just the storyline that didn't hold my attention as well as Bruce. Yeah, he just, was my runner up too. It's he fun. didn't scream enough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so last rights. Uh, who wants to go first? I am ready. I will go. Um, hmm. I don't want to go with a long-winded explanation. Okay, I gave this one uh, 7 out of 10 tumbling bags of pornography, mostly because I I, uh, I liked Ruth doing what she did, and I, I think uh, watching Claire try to struggle in the real world is amusing as hell, but um, the, the whole Nate and Brenda stuff is, as we've said, just sort of not really fun to watch. So, only seven. Hmm. I uh, really enjoyed this episode, even though the only thing that really uh, brought me direct joy was Ruth telling on George, right? Everything else just made me feel awful, but it was really good, put together well. Um, So, I... I think I'm probably going to give this episode 8 out of 10 cases of Dutch Elm disease. <laughs> so glad I got rid of that rating system. I, I thought of a new one, but go ahead, go ahead Des. <laughs> okay, I pretty much hated everybody in this episode. And <laughs> hated this episode a lot. I did enjoy uh, a couple things like when Ruth was telling George, you know, she hated him. And um, when Brenda told uh, Nate off and there was something else, but I can't even remember. But um, other than that, it sucked. Um, I'm going to give it five out of ten. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Two bags full of porn. Hmm. 
Very nice. <laughs> um, and uh, I just want to start off by uh, anti-stepping it by saying, I love this show. Uh, <laughs> this show is awesome. Uh, and uh, I really enjoyed this episode. It wasn't a perfect episode, but uh, Ruth uh, definitely... Uh, was was the big moment, and I also enjoy the uh, uh, developments with Nate and Brenda as painful as they can be. And uh, yeah, like like I said, with the first thing with the George uh, announcing that um, announcing that he's getting married again, I couldn't wait to talk to you guys about that when that happened. I was like, oh yeah, that's right. It's just a big. I mean, it shouldn't be a jaw dropping moment, but it th- things you, you just expect George to be like pining for her still, but nope, we're done. <laughs> Moved on. Next wife. Um, he's like, he's like if if, if uh, I stopped collecting podcast appearances and started collecting wives. <laughs> it's Good kind of point. Like that kind of <sighs> obsession. So um, I'm going to give it eight out of ten hysterical drunken calls from Olivier. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so let's bury this bag of gay porn. <laughs> it's on the iTunes, we have uh, star ratings to. Raise our awareness, please. Just drop us a couple star ratings, comments, or, uh, compliments rather, in the uh, iTunes would be great. Otherwise, um, download some Dobcast and maybe tweet out when you're listening to it. It's a very easy tweet and Facebook feature if you want to let people know what you're listening to. Um, you can visit us at fishercast.blogspot.com and find all our episodes there, even the old ones. Or you can write to us at fishercast1 at gmail.com. You can send us a voice memo the way Steph does. Or you can just use your little fingers on the type typing board. I just call it a typing board. I mean a keyboard. Love your feedback. You That's could also way. join the Facebook group, right? Yes. Everyone knows it's at facebook.com slash groups slash fishercast. It's awesome. awesome. Yeah. And all the discussion will be there, including the poll that is... Uh, where you can vote uh, whether you like uh, Claire's art friends or Claire's uh, work friends better. Um, I, I have a feeling that's going to be a really not too terrible choice. Uh, but maybe should it be should it be which which group of friends is more awful? <laughs> Would that be more interesting? Maybe. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Anyway, uh, Des, uh, where can we find you on the web? Uh, what's on stephendes.blogspot.com. Awesome. Lirio? Uh, potential cast, redemption cast, yip yip, the last airbender podcast, pause cast, and maybe something new in the future. Oh my god, what am I getting myself into? <laughs> and you can find uh, Moira uh, riding the mechanical bill at uh, Docs. Yeah, baby. And uh, <laughs> you can find me uh, on Redemption Cast talking about Angel with Lirio. That's it for Fisher Cast this week. Five episodes left. Next week, your homework is Season 5, Episode 8, Singing for Our Lives. Nice. And we should have a special guest, Claire, dropping in for that one. She requested it. Um, As for the silence, we therefore commit this episode to the ground. Ashes Ashes to ashes. ashes and dust to dust. Dust to dust. Bye. Bye. Bye, everyone. I already forgot that episode.
bring it right back. Solid potato salad. Farewell. 